0: offensive to God, then go to him first and go, Father, if if I've offended you with any attitude, any behavior, anything in my character, anything in my demeanor, anything in my effort, anything in my failure, if there's anything there that that is not right before you, I, I, I want to come to you and I want to, first of all, adore you. I want to adore you. I want to exalt your name. I, I want to just glorify you and thank you that you you allow me to a place at the table. Come on, somebody say amen to that. Then after you do that, then after you acknowledge the wonder and the beauty and the grace and mercy of God, this is the acts A C T S when you pray. The next one is confess to Him and Father. I I, I didn't do good with my husband or my wife or my son or my boss or, or, or man there's, there's one person at work and I'm just struggling with could you help them <laughs> no no help me I'm not, you see what I'm saying I'm going to confess that my attitude isn't right whatever that is and just confess to the Lord then the T and Acts then, then you thank him after you adore him and you confess you're, you're thankful you're thankful for all that he's done I thank you for, for, for choosing me. I thought I chose you. <laughs> and here you were moving everything. And you left the heavens to choose me. I thank you for that. And the S is, is, is supplication. All that means is, now, Lord, I'm going I'm to pray for someone in my life that I want you to bless. Or, Lord, I need this in my life. But 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 you put your you yourself last. You know the principle and the concept of joy. J-O-Y, which is the acronym for Jesus, others, and then you. When you put you in front of Jesus, you're not gonna it ain't gonna work. When you put yourself in front of others, it ain't gonna work. So let's come in joy today. And in joyfulness, in adoration. In confession, in the spirit of confession, and one of thanksgiving and one of supp- supplication, let's go to the Lord's table. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is broken for you. Do this and remember me. Then after supper, he took a cup of wine and he said, this, this represents my blood because I'm going to pour my blood for you. I will bleed for you. I will die for you. But this blood is special because this blood will not only cover your sins, it will remove your sins. As far as the east is from the west, not only will this blood give you my righteousness, but it's a payment for your sin. And because it's a payment, then God is satisfied. And now instead of receiving the wrath of God and the punishment of God for your sins, you get to receive his love and you get to receive his mercy. On your worst day, he'll reach out to you because I reached out for you. He said, do this and remember me. And he says, for every time you eat of this bread and you drink of this wine, you announce my death until I return. As we come by and collect the cups and we're gonna worship We've got a blue wall over there. And what that's for is this. If you need any prayer, if you need somebody to stand with you and pray for you, to stand in the gap because you're dealing with something. And I don't know what it is, and we don't know what it is. We would ask that the women pray with the women and the men pray with the men. If, if, if it's a couple, then you guys can go up. But, but what happens over in that wall stays in that wall. It doesn't go anywhere else. But we go to the Lord in prayer for that. So as we sing this next song, if there's something that's just bothering you and you can't let it go, you won't receive God's truth until you let go of that thing that's got a hold of you. Or maybe you've got a hold of it and you you don't know how to let go. We want to pray for you over on this side. Father, we pray that as we worship you in this next song, that we let go of things that we're carrying that make this life too heavy. As we sing and worship and adore you and exalt you and elevate your name and, and magnify you and thank you for your, for your majestic nature, help us, those of us that are caring too much, and help us to be humble enough and not too proud or not too ashamed to think that, oh, God can't help me. <laughs> we all used to be there. And then we came to you to your feet as, as many have. And we lay our burdens at the cross because we know you're strong enough. Help us, those of us that are in the prayer team and those of us that are deacons and want to pray for these people. Holy Spirit, speak through us to help them in whatever need they have. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you.
1: Manos. maravilloso Jesús milagroso Señor y llena este lugar de tu presencia y haz descender tu poder a los que estamos aquí yo creo en ti Jesús y lo que hará sé yo creo en ti que Jesús y lo que hará sé Esencia, y así es tu poder, a los que estamos aquí, yo creo en ti, Jesús, sí. y lo que harás. ¿eh? Yo creo en ti, Jesús, y lo que harás en mí Yo creo en ti, Jesús, y lo que harás. Lord, I believe in You and what You'll do me. Lord, I believe in You and what You'll do.
0: thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you do in our lives. We thank you for how amazing you are. We're so grateful to you. I wish we could just sing like the angels or like David. But, but in the middle of that, in all of it, you know our hearts. We're grateful to you and we love you. And this, this family here praises you with all their heart because you've given us so much. You've forgiven so much and you've lifted our burdens and for that we glorify you in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. give him a praise offering. He's worthy of it. You guys are welcome to have a seat. Man, I, I, I don't know in, it, for, for those of you who, who obviously you don't speak Spanish but it's good that the words are up there, and and even if you don't speak Spanish, I've worshipped in in another language that I don't know what I'm singing. But but even though I don't know what I'm singing, it's touching my heart. Does that make sense to anybody? I've 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 worshipped in Hebrew, and it is just powerful because there's certain things, there's certain, there's just certain songs or. It's just connecting with God. And I, my biggest prayer, my, our biggest prayer here, it's not mine, it's our biggest prayer, is that this, this hour is the, the most important and powerful hour of your week. I hope that before I've even given the message that you've already connected to God. I hope that God has spoken to you. I hope you've, you've felt an intimacy with God because we firmly believe an, intim- an intimacy with God is extremely important. Your, your intimacy and your relationship with God will affect the rest of your life. We've talked about that. You know, right now we're doing a Bible study with the men, and we've talked about four very important principles. And that's the first one is your intimacy with God is your responsibility because it will impact your life. The further you walk away from God, the, your, your life is going to be impacted. But the further you walk towards the Lord, draw, God, James says, draw what what what. What basically is said by God, draw near to me and I will draw nearer to you. So, so the more you draw yourself, I think, oh, it's not James, it's Peter. Forgive me, I'm changing the Bible. But, but, but the closer you get to him, he'll draw nearer to you. And your life is radically changed when you do that. So that's the first thing, right? So, so it's important. When I think of all that I've experienced in my life, when I think of all the wonderful places I've been and all the wonderful things that I've been a part of, it means nothing, absolutely nothing. If God wasn't there, God orchestrated all that in my life. And in the worst moments in my life, God was there. Come on, somebody say amen to that. So, so intimacy with the Lord is, the, is a very important thing. We've also learned how important it is to be obedient to the Lord. And we've, we've learned in the men's Bible study is, is obey God and leave the results to him. You, 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 our role is to trust him and obey him and let God do what he does. And and, and we're going to trust that, you know, I, I do this as a coach here. We're going to do our practice. We're going to do our stuff. We're going to plan and prepare and do everything we're supposed to do. And we're going to go out and play. Does that mean we're going to win? No, but we're going to play to win. And as we play to win, if we win, that's great. And if we don't win, guess what? We've got to do it again. And, and, but you're always moving forward in that, in that principle of I, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to leave the rest to God, and and He does that. But I will obey Him. So we talked about we've talked about that, and 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 it's an important thing to have. You know, this this past week, uh, we 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 talked about work ethic and how to make sure that you work hard and you honor God with the gifts that you have, and and then and, and just just honor Him with your work ethic. This coming Wednesday, it's our last one for this month, uh, and, and if you don't know, it's at six thirty over at uh, for, for all the men. It's over at uh, Chesterburgers on four ten. But but I'm going to talk about self pity and and how it ruins your life and how we're not to walk in self pity. So so I encourage. Men to be there, and, and if you want to go there, that's great. It'd be great to have you. And if you can't, uh, then you know we, we have notes. Make sure you get an email from one of one of one of the. Give us your email, so I'll send you all these notes. And, and it's not just meant for the men. I'm just teaching the men, but but I, ladies, if you want those notes, just let us know. We'll send them to you. Um, for the men, I also have to say we have out as you go out on the foyer. There's a there's a there's a, a table on the right-hand side to register for the men's retreat. So I encourage you to go to that. Uh, I pray it's a blessing to you. It's a great, again, Satan doesn't want, your enemy doesn't want men to gather. Because when men gather, he gets scared. And when godly men gather, he gets even more afraid. He wants to keep you separated. So, so don't allow that to happen. So with that said, this is the 11th message on faith. If you've been with us for a while and we've, you've, you've seen us go through this, we've talked in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it's, it's the, 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 the champions of faith, the heroes of faith. We've, we've taken you from Abel to Enoch, we've taken you from Enoch to Noah, we've taken you from Noah to, to Abraham, from Abraham to Sarah, from Sarah to Isaac, from Isaac to Jacob, from Jacob to Joseph. We've taken you from Joseph to Moses, and you would go, man, the all, all, there's a lot of wonderful things we've learned about faith, so I'm going to teach this this week, and next week, I'll do my last part, the 12-part series here on faith, and then after that, when we come back from, from popping fireworks and eating tamales and having a great time with our family and getting in a fight with a tío or a tía just because they, it just happens when you get together, right? But, but after that, I'm going to talk about wisdom. And I'm going to talk about how important wisdom is in your life, because you've got to add wisdom to your life. You've got to add faith to your life. You know, you, you want to add uh, all these streaming channels so you can watch all these things. No, not, not that—that's bad. But, but, spend your money, spend your time, spend your effort on bettering yourself through God's word. Because, hear me, you can't give what you don't have. Nothing against entertainment. Love to be entertained. But at the end of the day, I want to become a better man. That's what I want to be. I I want to have a better marriage. I I, I, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better servant. And so the only way I'm going to learn that is through God's word. So this is an interesting story because the next person we're going to talk about, so who's the next person of, of, of a faith, a champion of faith? We've got all these wonderful people. Well, the next person has to be Joshua, right? Joshua. Joshua was a general. Joshua was the one who, who, who said, Hey, we can conquer this. You know, when, when Moses sent 12 spies to go across the Jordan River to go, Hey, tell us what's on the other side. They came back and they brought, the Bible says, they brought a cluster of grapes that were as big as men. And it's like, man, this is, this is, this is wonderful. It's everything God promised. It's going to be fruitful. It's going to be amazing. A, a land flowing of milk and honey. But there's giants. And there's fortified cities. So 10 of the 12 spies said, we, we can't take them. We, we look like grasshoppers compared to them. And so the whole, the whole community hears this, and the community goes, oh, my God, what are we doing? We should go back to Egypt and go back and be slaves. Moses, this is your fault. Joshua and Caleb, the only two spies that said, no, if God is with us, we can take this. Two two spies said we can do this history shows us that that only those two people out of two million crossed to the other side only two God let the others wander off and die for 40 years because God did not want a generation of doubters he wanted a generation of believers come on somebody say amen to that so if there's something in your life that you're doubting because you're looking and you feel like a grasshopper, you're listening to your feelings instead of the power of God. Faith says we can do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Faith says anything is possible. For man, it is what is impossible for man, it is possible for God. Faith says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Faith says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Faith, faith says even though 10,000 surround me, I will remain strong. Faith says even if my mother and father abandon me, yet still I will trust in you, Lord. That's faith. Faith says the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. You have to learn to walk in that faith. So you would think it's Joshua because Joshua crosses the Jordan River. He's the next leader. And he's the, as, he, as he is the next leader, he comes across and he conquers 33 nations. He defeats Jericho. He, he does wonderful things, right? He's the next one? Nope. It's not. The next champion of faith in the book of Hebrews, are you ready for this? Is a prostitute. Why would the Holy Spirit put a prostitute on the list of champions? The Holy Spirit has something to tell us about Rahab. And we're going to learn something about Rahab. And I'm glad that you're here today. You're going to learn why the Bible, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, tells the writer of Hebrews, hey, we love Joshua, but it's Rahab I want you to talk about. Because Rahab is a common person who had an extraordinary faith And because she had this unbelievable faith, she deserves to be on this list with Moses, with Abraham, with with Joseph, with Noah. So there's something about her that intrigues me. And as I studied this this week, I pray that it intrigues you and you start understanding the lesson that God has to teach us. Truth number one that I want to share with you is this. Faith. I love this picture by the way. Faith is simple. It's very simple. Don't complicate a simple thing. We complicate a simple thing. Too many of us, we have some type of faith. We have a little bit of faith. We 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 kind of like we we, we start dancing with faith a little bit, and all of a sudden we go, no, 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 you're too good for me. <laughs> you remember. When you were like, ooh, I want to ask her out, but she's too pretty for me. I had no problems asking her out. She was too pretty for me. She was way too pretty for me. But I asked her out. Roseanne, not Faith. I was fortunate. She said yes. And after that, I got the prettiest girl in the whole room. I was blessed. I wasn't afraid to ask. I wasn't afraid to ask. If I get turned down by her, I got turned down by the prettiest girl in the room. I'm okay with that. I I didn't mind that. Why is it that when it comes to the things of God, we want to start and we kind of go, oh, no, 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 I, I, I can't do this. Oh, if you would just know my history. If I could just talk to you about my past. If I could just tell you, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I got so many things wrong, God. You can't love me. Time out. 30 second time out. Hear me. You're listening to the wrong voice. You're listening to the accuser instead of your comforter. And Satan is telling you of all the things that you've done wrong, all that you couldn't do, all that you couldn't be, he's going to put your resume against somebody else's and kind of go, no, see, you're not good enough. I know I'm not good enough. You see, I told you you're not good enough. He's better. Let him do it and not you. You mistake God's heart and you don't understand God's mind for you. God's culture is this. He doesn't seek perfect people. It's not perfection. He looks for grateful people. So when you put the excuse that I'm not good enough, stop it. Just be grateful that God chose you. But I'm not going to win. It's not about winning and losing. It's about trusting the almighty God and believing that he has something for you that you can't understand. When I look at Rahab, that's who I look at. I look at Rahab and and she didn't have a pastor. She didn't know the Bible. How about this one? She wasn't in a small group. She didn't give to the church. She never went to church. She was in bars. (laughs) Some of you went to bars last night. We're going to forgive you today. She's not someone you would pick as a champion of faith. There's nothing on her resume. Too many people go like, you know, I don't know enough to believe. She didn't know. She didn't know all the, all the truths. She didn't know them all. I have to have all my questions answered. She didn't even know the questions to the answer. She didn't have the answers. She didn't even know the questions. Why is it that we put obstacles in front of God for him to jump? Because we won't jump. Why? Because we don't have the faith yet. So God, you got to do this. You got to do this. And he does it. And one more thing. And then you do Okay, sorry, I got to add one more. And you just keep adding to the list because you're putting obstacles to not, to, for God not to use you or for God not to love you or for not to receive the love and grace and mercy that God has for you. You're thinking the wrong way. See, because here's, here's how you think. Ready? Aim Shoot. I'm not ready, so I'm not going to aim. So I'm not going to shoot. Faith goes the exact opposite. Shoot, then you'll aim, and then you'll be ready. It's the exact opposite. Shoot first, aim later, then you'll be ready. No, no, I got to be ready first. Stop it. You've just put obstacles In an almighty, all-powerful God who can do anything he wants to with anybody in the entire world. So you need to learn to walk in this faith. And as you walk in this faith, you're going to learn from Rahab. Rahab didn't go ready, aim, shoot. Rahab recognized and realized that there's a small window in her life. Because what's going on? Here's what's going on. There's certain things that she knows. She doesn't know everything, but she knows three things. And as she knows these three things, these three things are the things that change not only her life, but it changes her family's life. Because if you know the story, what's going on is the, the Israelites have crossed over to the promised land now. And as they've crossed over to the promised land, there's, Joshua sends two spies, interesting, not 12, too. Sends two spies into Jericho to go find out and get a reconnaissance mission, go gather information and go find out what's going on there. And as they're going to find out what's going on in Jericho, the king of Jericho finds out that there's spies in Jericho. So, what does is, what is, what is he do in Joshua chapter 2, verse 6? He, he closes the gates, he puts the city in lockdown. He puts it in lockdown, and those two spies are stuck in that place. They're dead, they're good as dead. And Rahab recognizes something. She recognizes that she's got to make a decision, because this is what she's learning, and I want you to hear this. I pray this blesses you. She knows there's a conflict that's coming. There's a nation outside the walls and they're coming into this city who's been fortified and taken care of by walls but this city is evil. And she, she recognizes and understands that there's gonna be a conflict and she has to decide, not if she's perfect, but she has to decide what side she's going to choose time out i'm here to tell you i'm not here to scare you i'm not a scare i'm not going to scare the hell out of you or into you that's not what i'm here to do i'm not that kind of preacher no no not that that's wrong i'm just not that person i'm here to tell you we've been in a battle for a very long time since we since we left the womb can i earn amen to that since we've left the womb, we've been in a battle. And we're going to be in a battle until we close our eyes and breathe our last breath. We don't get to choose when we, when we get into this world, and we don't get to choose when we leave this world, when we leave this world. What we get to choose is what side you're going to be on. Are you going to do what Rahab does and choose the one true God, or are you not? You have to make that decision at some point. And hear me out, by not making a decision, you've made a decision. I hope you understand what I'm saying. If the boat is sinking and some people are jumping off the boat and some people are staying in the boat because they can't swim, whatever it is. If you say, you know, I'm gonna wait till tomorrow to decide what to do, you've made a decision. And you will live the effect of delaying your decision and taking too long And then it's too late. Rahab knows that the Israelites are somewhere around because she sees these two spies. And what Rahab decides to do, you ready for this? She decides to put herself and her family in jeopardy by hiding the spies. She makes the decision. She makes a commitment to say, I am going my faith in this god who i really don't know completely i know something about him i know a little bit i don't know i don't know i don't know where the scripture is i don't know who the who all the, the heroes of faith are but i got to make a choice and she makes a choice and she says something amazing she calls the name of god the, the, she uses the same name of the true God, Jehovah. She uses the name Jehovah. Anytime in the Old Testament when you see the word Lord, all uppercase, L-O-R-D, that's all uppercase, that is the name Jehovah. That is the name that, that Moses used when God tell him, well, who are you? Who sent you?" Tell him, I am sent you. Jehovah, I am. That's the name of God. So, so she knows enough to know she uses the name that Moses used. Because there's something that she knows, even though she doesn't know all the answers, she doesn't know all the questions, she doesn't know what's going to happen, she doesn't know how it's going to happen. Here's the three things that she does know, and I'll read them to you in a second, because you're going to see something in a pattern that's going to bless your life. The first thing that she knows is this. She kind of knows who God is, because she's going to say something, Jehovah, Lord, uppercase L-O-R-D, The Lord your God is the God of the heavens above. He's the God of the heavens and the God of the earth. What is she saying? What she's saying is this, our gods are fake. Your God is real. So because your God is the one true God, the true God of heaven, I don't know who he is, I don't know what he is, I just know who he is. I, I know he's the God of heaven, Jehovah, the I am. I am going to choose to walk away from my fake and false gods. But it's the God of my fathers. It's the God who my fathers told me that these are all these other gods. They were wrong. Well, how do you know that he's, he is who he says he is? Or that he, how do you know who God is? Because she knew what God had done. Hear me. She knew who God was. Didn't have all the answers, but she knew who God was because too, she knew who she knew what God had done. Somehow, some way, this mysterious God, this Jehovah, this I am, it's gone all across all of the Middle East. They've all heard what's happened to the Pharaoh. They've all heard what's happened to Egypt. They've all heard that this God, this Lord, this I am, this Jehovah, the God from heaven, is fighting for these people. They have heard the stories of how they walked through the Red Sea. It's gone. Translation, they've heard the gossip. They've heard of, did you hear what's going on? There's a a group of people that were slaves and God freed them and God fought for them and God killed the Egyptians. Do you know that the Egyptian culture is the most powerful culture in the world at that time? Their chariots were the most powerful weapons of that time. Nothing even came close to the Egyptian chariot. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing in the ancient world was as close to a weaponry as the Egyptian chariot. So the Egyptian chariot represented the power and the authority and the strength of Egypt and they all got washed up. So when you, she knows that he's the God of gods because she's heard and she knows what he has done. The third thing that she knows She also knows what God is going to do. By faith, she knows, so your God is the real God. If the Egyptian gods couldn't fight for the Egyptians, then they're fake and your God is real. So our little gods over here don't stand a chance because I've heard all the things that your true, the one true God really did, So I know who he is, I know what he's done, but more importantly, I don't have all the answers, but I know what he's gonna do, he's gonna win, he's gonna take over all of this promised land. So I have to choose to go against my culture, my people, the gods of my ancestors, because I've come to the realization, you ready for this? That I was wrong. And they were all wrong. I don't need, I don't need, I don't need you to tell me anything else. Simple. I know enough to know just by knowing those three things, who he is, what he's done, and what he's gonna do, that's enough for me. You know who God is, don't you? You know he's the one true God, right? You know what he's done for you, right? He sent his son to leave the heavens and leave the throne, to get up on a cross and take all your sins so you could be forgiven. And not just forgiven, but made righteous in Christ. But you also know what he's gonna do. He's gonna come back for you. He's going to come back for us and he's going to defeat evil and he's going to open the heavens and he'll be on a white horse. He won't come as a lamb like he did the first time. He'll come as a lion, the lion of Judah. And he'll come with all the armies from heaven to come down and take evil and take Satan and separate good from evil and put the evil in one place and put heaven in another place. Do you need to know all the answers to all your questions? No. Why? Because at the end of the day, faith is really simple. It's not complicated. You have to make a decision, and so do you. You're in a, a conflict's coming. It's already here. You have to choose a side. And if you don't choose a side, you've made a decision. If Rahab would have said, ah, we're okay. She would have died or been held prisoner with everybody else. But Rahab doesn't. This is why why the Holy Spirit chooses her instead of Joshua. Because she has to go against so many things. Let's read scripture. Hebrews 11.31 says, It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Now we'll go to Joshua. Joshua chapter 2 talks about Rahab. Before the spies went to sleep that night, Rahab went up to the roof to talk with him. And she says, I know The I am. I know the Jehovah. I know the Lord has given you this land. See, I know what he's going to do. We're all afraid of you. Everyone in the land, time out. Just time out. Get, Get another 30 second time out. The devil will never tell you how right you are. The devil will never tell you how everybody else is scared. The the devil will never give you the whole picture. The devil will never tell you how much he's defeated. He's going to want you to feel that you're defeated when you're not in Christ. He's going to want to explain, look, look, every, she's telling the truth. Look, I I know God's given you this name. We're scared to death of you because if you did it to the Egyptians, if your God killed the Egyptians like he did, he's going to do it to us. With the walls that used to protect us, they can't protect us. How do you know that? Because the chariots that used to protect the Egyptians weren't even protected. It couldn't do anything for them. So how are the walls going to hold up? We know, I know, she says. What your God is going to do. Didn't have a pastor. Interesting. For we have all heard how, there's the name, Jehovah, the I am. We've all heard. See, not only do we know, I know what you're going to do. We've all heard what he's already done. For we've all heard how the Lord made a dry path for you through the Red Sea when you left Egypt. And we know what you did in Sion and Og, the two Amorite kings east of the Jordan River whose people were completely destroyed. See, your reputation of your God goes in front of you. Time out. Do you know that? Do you know when you walk in the room, God's already walked in that room before you've ever walked in. And he's prepared that home room for you. Oh, you hear one person be negative. You go, oh, someone's against me. There are always people against you. Why do you let that stop you? Why do you let it stop you? Oh, there it is. There's an obstacle. I can't overcome it. Why? So that's it? Your faith is only as good as one obstacle? My God is bigger than all the obstacles the devil can put in front of me. Amen. Come on. So give the good Lord a praise offering for that. <laughs> Look at verse 11. No wonder our hearts are melted in fear. That's an amazing statement. You ever seen the the Wizard of Oz when they pour the water on that witch?
1: I'm melting.
0: That's that's what it is. That's where they're at. They're, They're melting. No one has the courage, time out. She knows this. No one has the courage to fight after hearing such things. For the I am, the Jehovah, the Lord your God I know who he is. He's the supreme God of the heavens above and the earth below. Could you give God a praise offering for that? (laughs) Father, we praise you and we glorify you that you are the supreme God. You're the almighty. You're the all-powerful. We get so caught up in listening to the noise of this world that we, our hearts start to melt over things that are going on here. Help us to see things the way you see them and help us to understand that our hearts should be joyful and gra- grateful because everyone else's heart is melting. Teach us to help them to learn who you are. That's the purpose. Can you imagine walking around. Uh, how'd you like to be the two spies? Going, wow. Look at this woman. She's a better warrior than we are. She doesn't even know. God enough, she's just heard She's heard stories and that was enough Faith comes from Hearing And from hearing, the word of God She heard The acts of God And that was enough for her and she believed It's not Complicated Fire Then aim And then get ready Don't wait to get ready to start You'll waste your time. Truth number two faith. I love this. Faith, and I don't think it's just faith. I think faith and grace and love create a deep commitment. Let me explain it there's a declaration, and then there's a demonstration. I'll say it again there's a declaration. And then there's a demonstration. The demonstration is the result of the declaration that first happens. When I told my wife that I loved her, that was the declaration that was in my heart. The demonstration is when I gave her my wallet (laughs) <laughs> that was good. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. If you only knew. And now, now, now my wife has learned about Amazon. Yes. She doesn't have to leave the house to shop. See, some of the ladies are like, oh, she's so wonderful. No, she's not. Yeah, no, yes, she is. Yes, she is. But hear me. There's a declaration, and a declaration is a good thing. Uh, time out. I'm going to give a timeout here. Another 30-second timeout. This will be a full timeout. To any of the young people in the house, to the young ladies and the young men, but I'm going to go to the ladies. When he says he loves you and he declares it, don't you dare believe it. (laughs) No. Don't you believe it until he demonstrates it. I heard an "Amen." Who said "Amen"? Thank you, Lorraine. Because Lorraine has a wonderful man named Warren who has demonstrated his declaration. He's demonstrated. I've known him for a long time. That's a great couple. Hear me. You can say all you want to about well, I believe in God. Well, I love God. That's a declaration. Demonstrated. I want to be a champion. I want to be, I want to be a champion. Who wants to be a champion? Everybody raises their hand. All right, workouts at 5 o'clock in the morning. Ooh, I don't want to be That's okay. Can you mail me the trophy? Can you just give me a blue ribbon? I'll give you a blue ribbon. A big blue ribbon. It says loser. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just that's the coach in me. I can't help it. You want me to give you something that you haven't earned? I'll never get a player who says, coach, I just want to make the team. And I want you to make the team, but you've got to earn it. Can you just give me the jersey? Ay, Dios mio. No. Hear me again. Rahab is special. Her faith wasn't just a declaration. Her faith was a demonstration. She put herself in jeopardy when she hid the two spies. She put her children in jeopardy when she hid the two spies. It's one thing to say, we're go- I want to move. It's another thing to sell everything and move. I can't tell you how many times I've done this. I'm not going to do it here. But I used to do this all the time when I was a youth pastor. I would take out a $20 bill and I'd say, who wants a $20? Who wants a $20? Who wants a $20? Everybody raising their hand. Everybody raises their hand. I keep going, who wants a $20? Who wants? People start jumping up and down. Until one person gets up and gets it, he wanted it. (laughs) But I never say, come and get it because they're all going to come. They're waiting for permission. I appreciate that. But I want the person who's willing to get off that chair. And comes and gets that $20, I'm gonna hire that person. Let's come on, we're gonna change the world. I don't want someone who's gonna declare it and never demonstrate it. That is the difference between convenience and commitment. There's a huge difference between a confession and a commitment. Be committed to it. Rahab was totally in. She was committed to this 100%. So I'm here to tell you. I love the declaration. The declaration is a good thing. It's a good thing. But a declaration without demonstration is dead. Because love... Is a verb. It's one of action. Faith is a verb. Grace is something that creates. Let me tell you what grace creates. Grace creates gratitude and generosity. When you receive grace, you're gonna be grateful and you're gonna be generous. You don't receive grace and sit on your butt in a chair and do nothing. Grace is going to move you. Grace is going to compel you. Grace is going to move the mountains. It has taken all your sin and it's separated as far as the east is from the west. And you couldn't earn this. You couldn't buy it. You couldn't achieve it. You couldn't attain it. It was given to you. And, and then for a while you start getting convicted, like, why would God choose me? Why? When I cry, when I cry, I cry because... My tears, when I'm ever up here, are always because, God, why did You choose me? I'll start crying right now. Me? I'm not worthy. But I'm grateful. I'm not good enough. But I'm I'm gonna be generous because You were You You were generous with Your love to me. I'm not here to keep that generosity. I'm here to share that generosity. You gave me what I couldn't earn. That defeats my pride because I'm used to earning things. This one I can't earn? You're going to give it to me? I, I don't deserve it, but I am grateful for it. And I will do everything I can to demonstrate to you my gratitude. I'll do everything in my life for the rest of my life to demonstrate the generosity that you've placed in my heart. Not so you can love me more, because here's the deal you need to know. There's nothing you can do that's gonna make God love you more. I hope you understand that. That's in the relationships here in this world. You make straight A's, I'll give you a car. Wow. I'm gonna take all the dumb classes so I can get an A and get a car. Right? Right? There's nothing you can do that's going to make God love you more. That hurts your pride. But there's no condition. When I learned that I couldn't do anything more to love God him to love for him to love me more, I wanted to serve him more, not so not so he could love me more, but I want to worship him. This church is a church about 3 Ws. I've talked about this many times. We're a church of worship. We're a church of word, and we're a church of warmth. We we teach the Bible here. We don't teach anything else but the Bible. We don't teach my opinions, my opinions. I'm not here for that. If I ever start giving opinions, I need to stop preaching. I'm here to preach the word, and the word convicts me, and it changes me, and it makes me see where I'm wrong, and it corrects me, and I'm fine with that. We worship the Lord. We worship him in many languages. We worship him in many different genres and many styles. But at the end of the day, we worship him because we're grateful to him. When you worship him and you raise your, when David says raise your hands and you guys raise your hands, to me, that's like, that's a glimpse of heaven, guys. That's what heaven happens. In heaven, we raise our hands. In heavens, we throw our, our crowns to the floor. In heavens, we get on our knees and we bow down and worship the Almighty because we're here. What, what am I doing in heaven? I, I don't belong here, but I'm so grateful. You're going to be graceful, grateful and gracious. You're going to love it. So we want to get a piece of heaven here on this earth in all languages, not in just English, in all languages. I challenge David to sing a song in Hebrew one day. Find it. I I I mean, I don't care. It's it's worship. I don't need the words because my spirit of gratitude is there already. And I pray yours is too. But I'm going to add a fourth W to this church. We don't just need to be a, a church of word. We don't just need to be a church of worship. We don't just need to be a church of warmth. We need to be a church that walks the talk. It's about our walk. It's about our, not just our declaration, it's about our demonstration. I don't demonstrate my faith to get saved. I demonstrate my faith because He saved me. That's the difference. Don't say, hey, I'm doing this so you could love me. No, you can't. He can't. You can't do anything more for Him to love you. Just receive the love and demonstrate the change he's made in your heart. Could you give him a praise offering for that? Let me read scripture. And then, Junior, after this, if you could come up and play something. So this is in the book of James. James says, Rahab, the prostitute, is another example of the declaration and the demonstration. Blue means is truth. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away to a different road, just as the body is dead without breath, so also is faith dead without works. Love declared is not the same as love demonstrated. Show the Lord that you're grateful for what he's done for you. I close with this final truth. So not only only is faith simple, it's not complicated. Not only does faith create a deep commitment, the final one is faith promises safety. This to me is interesting. The spies make this agreement with her. With Rahab, and they go, look, so because you've spared us, because you've demonstrated your love, you don't just have a declaration, you have a, you have a faith that's not just a declaration, you have a faith that's a demonstration. We know that everything you've said, you believe because you've shown it. You've shown that you, 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 you love the Lord and you faith the Lord because you've put yourself and your household and your family in danger to save us because you know this is the side of the Lord. So, when we come and attack the city, we want you to put a red cord on the window. And you need to have that red cord there. Because when we see that red cord, we know that this is your house. And you're going to be protected. But that's it. I've told you this many times. The Old Testament is the book of pictures of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament shows us in pictures what Jesus Christ does. I give you three or four examples off the top of my head. The Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned and they were ashamed and they hid and they covered themselves and they covered their sin, their shame, what happens? God replaces the fig leaves with an animal covering. Where does that come from? An animal has to be, or or something has to be sacrificed to cover their shame. Is it not a foreshadowing of Jesus? Doesn't Jesus become sacrificed to cover your shame? Look at the ark. The only ones that were saved, out of all the people that died, again, the Old Testament is a picture, shows pictures of what's gonna happen. The only ones that were saved were the ones that were in the ark. Those that weren't in the ark perished. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You see that? Christ is our ark. Christ sacrificed his life so our sins, our shame could be removed. I told you two or three weeks ago about the Passover lamb and the angel of death that was coming in and killing off all the firstborn of every home. But those that would take the perfect lamb and sacrifice that perfect lamb and put the blood on the doorsteps. When the, when the angel of death saw the blood, the angel of death said, I can't go in there. When Jesus Christ shed his blood and Satan wants to come in and take you to hell, he goes, I can't go there. He's covered by the blood of the lamb. She's covered by the book. I can't go there. Isn't that what Jesus does for us? Do you know that the tabernacle, the temple is the, 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 the structure that was built for God, but there was a tabernacle. During, when when the, the Israelites were nomads, they had, they had a lot of tents, right? They were nomadic. Do you know that, that God tells them where to put the tribes and put this tribe in front of the tabernacle over here and put these tribes over here and these tribes over here and put these tribes over here. When you get an aerial view, You ready for this? When you get an aerial view from what the whole camp of Israel looked like, you know what it looked like? You ready for this? A cross with a tabernacle right in the middle. I get goosebumps every time I see you. think about that. It's like God is showing us. God has always given us signs of who he is. And so here, here, when the Israelites, when they come up to Jericho, they come seven times. When they show up the first time, and there's Rahab, and she sees, oh, here they come, here they come. She goes and tells her dad. She goes and tells her mom. She goes and tells her children. She goes and tells everybody, come on, come on, come on. Come on, let's all, let's all get here. Let's all stay in this room. Why? Because when you're in this room, you're protected. Because when they walk by and they see the red cord, no harm will come to you. A picture of Jesus Christ. So they go the first day and they leave. Show up the second day. Come on, come on. Here they come, here they come. On the seventh time, seventh day, they go around seven times and the walls go down but they knew everyone in that house would be protected. What do you do with your salvation? Do you ever tell your your family about Jesus? Ah, they're not gonna like me. Don't ever stop talking to them about Christ. There will come a day when what they rejected they will one day listen to because that was you yes or no don't talk about church because people don't like church because sometimes they don't like the people in the church I get that the church has hurt a lot of people Jesus has not Jesus has not when they want to talk about religion you talk about Jesus we'll talk about religion Talk about Jesus. We don't want to talk about politics. You talk about Jesus. Jesus is the cord that will save you and your family. I'm going to tell you the three applications you'll get out of this, and I love this. This is what I'm going to close with, and after this we'll come up and we'll pray. Are you blessed today so far? Can you give God a praise offering for his truth? There's so much to talk about Joshua but there's so much more to learn from Rahab. So here's the three things you take I want you to take away with. Number 1, God's grace covers all sins. All sins. Don't you dare tell me God can't forgive you. You're listening to the accuser instead of the truth. This woman was a prostitute. She was a prostitute. She was a woman of the night. She was a promiscuous woman. She was someone that you wouldn't want your son to date, and she was someone that you wouldn't want your daughter to be. You wouldn't want that for anyone in your family. But God, and there's the whole key, In the middle of all of that says, in the middle of all the sin you've ever committed, in the middle of all the lifestyle you've ever had, I still have enough love to cover all of your sin and take it all away and give you what you could not earn. Are you kidding me? That's the passion that burns in me. That doesn't allow me to sleep at night to go. Who doesn't know this Jesus? She has no chance. She has no chance. She was born on the wrong side of the tracks. She probably didn't have a dad or a mom. We we could talk about all the excuses and all the reasons for her to hate God. But she had to make a choice, she had to pick a side. And when she picked the side of Christ, when she picked the side of God, she was willing to say, Lord, will you take me in the middle of all that I've done, in the middle of all my sin, in the middle of all the horrible things that I've ever accomplished. And her and her family are the only ones that survived Jericho. Are you kidding me? God's grace is real. It's real. Number two, God's grace offers us real hope. And that's why I get so passionate about it. I get so passionate about this because this grace is not counterfeit. It's not fake. It gives me hope to get up every day It gives me energy. It gives me effort. It it engages with me. It empowers me. It it equips me. It's real hope. I can't live life without hope, guys. I got to have hope. I got to have hope that no matter how bad it is, God's got me. And God is who he says he is. And God's going to do what he says he's going to do. And that's the rock and the foundation of our faith. And the final thing that I want you to take away is God's grace brings real and wonderful change. This is what I'm gonna close with. This is my favorite part of the whole story. I know you already love Rahab. I love Rahab. I love her. Just hearing all this, it's like, what an amazing woman. Just to make the best decision of her life and the most crucial moment of her life. But her, her, the grace that God gave radically changed her whole life. Here's what happens. So Rahab goes into the Israelite camp now. And she falls in love with with an Israelite named Salmon. Falls in love with him. He went upstream, but Salmon, that was his name. It really was. So that from Salmon, Now she's into the community for life. She's committed. They have a son. And his name is Boaz. And then then from Boaz, they have, she has a grandson. And his name is Obed. So Obed is her (laughs) great-grandson. No, I said the grandson, excuse me. And then Obed has a child. And his name is Jesse and that is her great-grandson. And then Jesse has many sons. But in the middle of one of those sons, there's a guy named David who becomes the king of Israel. She puts faith in God because of who he is, because of what he's done, and because of what he's going to do. And she puts her faith and demonstrates it and commits to God. Born a prostitute, not born, becomes a prostitute. Born in a evil land with fake gods, her great grandson becomes the king of Israel. And from the lineage of David, Generations later is born a child in Bethlehem named Yeshua, named Jesus Christ. So don't you dare tell me that God cannot change your family when he changes you. You and I have no idea what your great, great grandchildren will be. You have no clue. All you want to talk about is your past. You're listening to the wrong voice. You're listening to the lies of your enemy. Listen to the grace and the love and the power of God. I'm ready to go hit something right now. Let's read scripture. Now, swear to me, she says, by the Lord, by Jehovah, that you will be kind to me and my family since I have helped you. Give me some guarantee that when Jericho is conquered, you will let me live along with my father. And my mother, my brothers and sisters, time out. I love her. I love her. She didn't just declare it, she demonstrated it. She brought everybody into the house under that cord. I challenge you in the name of Christ to do everything you can and trust the Lord. Don't force it upon anybody. But just share the story of Rahab to your family and pray that this is what you want for your family that everybody can come under one roof and serve the Lord. Verse 14 says this the spies say, We offer our own lives as a guarantee for your safety. The men agreed. If you don't betray us, we will keep our promise and be kind to you when. The Lord gives us this land. Faith is not complicated. It's simple. Faith requires a deep, creates a deep commitment. And faith creates safety. Could you bow your heads? If I could have the band come up. As you bow your heads, if you have never trusted Christ, and I mean never, if, if, you've, if you haven't made a decision to pick a side, I'm asking you today, by faith, for you to pick a side. If you've never trusted Christ and you'd like to do that today, as you see the example of Rahab, could you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here today that's never given their life to Christ? God bless you. Bless you. God bless you over here too I see your hand God bless you too See if God can forgive Rahab And change her life And change her family He can do it for you Father I pray for these, these three individuals That they raise their hand But it's not the hand that they raise that saves them They're just saying a declaration Of going hey I I, I choose today to pick a side And I choose you God I don't need to have all the answers. I just know you are who you are. I know who you are. And I, after hearing this, I believe in that. Not only that, I believe in what you've done, that you sent your son to die on the cross for me, and that you've given me forgiveness of all my sins. And I believe what you're going to do, just as Rahab did. I believe that you're going to come for me, that you're going and prepare a place for me in heaven, and you will come back for me. And I give you my life, and I praise you. that in Jesus name amen those three that that accepted Christ before you leave today we're going to give you a new believer's bible so you can know where to read in the bible we want to bless you with that here's what we're going to do now wasn't that great could you give God a praise offering for that I love that so as we collect our offering, we're going we're gonna to worship. You guys that are online, you guys can see on the slide. You can see how you can give. We appreciate the donations that you give so we can continue to, 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 to move forward in this church. Pray, pray for us that one day we get a building. Right now we're happy that Grace Point allows us to have this. But pray that God just put something in front of us that we can't say no to. There's been a lot of buildings that have been in front of us, but that it hasn't been a God thing. So just pray for that. But we appreciate all your donations. But, but I want to pray for this offering. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to worship the Lord. Father, we come to you in gratitude. We come to you in generosity for the grace that you've given us. Lord, I, I love so many people in the Bible, but I think Rahab is one of my top ten now. Just for her to understand the beauty of who you are, and for her to make a decision and bring her whole family together, and for you to change her life and her children's lives and all of the, the future generations and through Rahab, Christ comes and we accept Christ. So we thank you for Rahab. But Father, help us to be, to be grateful, to be generous because of the grace that you've given us. I pray that you bless this offering. I pray that we use this offering as you would want it to be used for your sons and daughters. Lord, I pray for this next worship song that as we give, And as we stand up and raise our hands and praise you, that we just glorify you for what you've done in our lives. For I am Rahab, all of us are Rahab. We've had something in our life that we couldn't overcome and we couldn't defeat. We've had a past, but our future is greater than our past because you have changed our lives. We glorify you in Jesus' name.
1: from the noise It's to worship you.
0: that you can put that last slide up there so we have some small group questions for you um, the fourth question is a really important question where it says why is faith without works dead and does raising your hand save you the answer to that question if you guys are on our um, our text ministry where We'll, we'll, we'll send you the answer to that question, but there's some really good questions for you to potentially sit down with your family. I would ask families to gather together and just, that's a good Bible study for you to focus on this week. And you don't have to do it all in one day. You could pick a question or have two of them a day, but I pray that that blesses you. We're fir- we firmly believe that you don't just go to church, you are the church. So, as being the church, it's good to remember to feed yourself. I want to thank everybody that's been a part of this. I want to thank the sound and and, uh, just just all the the team that sets up all of this. We appreciate you guys. Give them a a round of applause for the video, the communications team. I want to thank all the people that set up the chairs so you didn't have to set it up. I want to thank the band for all that they do, all the people that do all the coffee and do all that for our our children's ministry. Make sure you appreciate them because they love serving, they don't do it for, for a salary. Lord knows we don't give them what, they do, what they're worth. But they do it because they're, they're grateful. And I pray that you, as you walk away today, walk away with gratitude. Walk away with generosity because you've received a grace that you and I, that we did not deserve. We love you guys. God bless you. We'll see you all next week.